and welcome to Euphoria, the podcast all about the great, glam and garish from Eurovision past. My name is Roland Boddenham and as ever I am joined by a woman who I will gladly chat about inane pop culture trivia until my last breath. It's Isabel Chilman. <laughs> Hi, Roland. Hi, Isabel. How are you doing? It's uh, been a while. I'm good. It has been a while. Not actually, because we Not are really. friends. But <laughs> in terms of our professional relationship, yes. um, it has been a while, yes. Yeah. Um, it's We sort of just closed shop at the end of uh, Eurovision last year and forgot to raise the shutter again, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> a mixture of forgot for quite yeah. a long time, which yeah. if you are a long-term listener to the podcast you'll know that does happen where we just kind of forget about things and life gets in the way and then actual life just got in the way didn't it and we've been really busy yeah I mean your your life is uh, quite exciting at the moment um mine's yeah mine's uh, over the course of the year mine's been quite exciting as well actually I suppose (laughs) why was mine more exciting than yours well I mean I don't know how much you want to divulge Isabel but you have over the past year um, just like adulted very hard. <laughs> yeah, I have done a little bit, haven't I? Got got myself a promotion. Um, Good job. Buying a flat. That's quite yeah. stressful. My yeah. God. It's, um, but yeah, very exciting indeed. But property mogul. Pro- that's me, property mogul, <laughs> moving to Penge West. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that that's exciting though. I didn't know. Have you got it? Have you have you got it? Have you have you bought a house? Oh, it's in the hands of the solic- solicitors now. Oh, I don't know. I don't understand it. Involved. I've had to be. Um, probably you shouldn't be this honest when you're buying property for the first time, but. I've had to just be very honest with everyone involved and say, I've (laughs) no idea what's happening, so please help me. So my mortgage broker, um, I hope, hasn't screwed me over. My solicitor, I hope, isn't screwed me over. (laughs) The other person's estate agent is definitely trying to screw me over. But that's where my solicitor comes in. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm learning how to be an adult very quickly. But it's good. It's exciting. And it means I've got somewhere, I've got a spare room for you to stay now, mate. Oh, mate, that's very exciting. Yeah, I'm going to be coming over a lot this year, so... uh... (laughs) Uh, looking forward to it. Am I, wait, am I seeing you this week? Yeah, I'm seeing you on Thursday. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. Oh, We're going Caroline. for a curry I'm flying over. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. nice. Oh, yes. um, I, uh, I'm, I uh, moved in with my girlfriend this year. Woohoo! The lovely Caroline. Yeah. Love her dearly. Lovely Caroline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we are living it up in... Uh, Clinton Hill in Brooklyn, lovely Brooklyn, lovely Clinton Hill. We moved into something that used to be a, a piano factory, and now it's uh, lovely new apartments. So uh, doing very nicely there. Might piano. be giving too much information away, whereas to where I live, <laughs> they, people can probably <laughs> definitely find where you are now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's kind of. I mean, over that's like headline updates on our lives. It's quite quite big, quite big things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, do do you want to give an update of sort of? what we're thinking about uh this season at the very least this uh eurovision season in terms of uh our lovely show euphoria as well yes indeed you sounded so nervous when you were saying that then you know you don't have to be nervous of the fans apart from the no, fact you've just told them your exact Where address <laughs> you shouldn't be scared of them <laughs> no i know i know i just know that you'll word it in a in a good in a strong and firm way okay strong and firm way <laughs> basically 
we are very busy people now. <laughs> We're not busy and important, just busy. So between our jobs and our partners and our lives and being in our 30s now, so people are getting married and our parents are having... Uh, special big birthdays and we have to go and visit our parents on different continents because both of us live on different continents to our parents and families and just the time zones between myself and Roland being in London and New York it just makes doing the podcast very difficult so we are still doing the podcast but it's going to be a um a euphoria light let's say <laughs> very <laughs> so it's a diet yeah. version of euphoria yeah. for this season at least um purely because it's just very tough to find the time to actually do not just record the podcast at a time that suits both of us but to actually find the time to write an episode to get updated with everything that's going on so we're doing today's episode which is just a like a hello and a bit of a Eurovision update and then we're going to do our standard review episodes and if we have time for more we will do more but mostly this season as you put it Roland before we came on air before we started recording this season is basically purely us judging the competition this year we're just being judgy about other people's stuff judging (laughs) others including the UK come on now guys we're gonna judge everyone we judge everyone fairly but this season is basically purely gonna be centered around the contest yeah yeah and we'll you know we'll keep our options open for the future um and whether that's you know doing another full season of Euphoria, or I know that both Isabel and myself would love to do uh, different types of podcasts and, and and different stuff so we are keeping our options open I personally think that at the very least each year Isabel and I can do a judgy wudgy um, about about the songs and about Eurovision itself um, but you know I know that I personally love writing the songs and having a, a purpose to write songs is lovely <laughs> so I'm sure I'll figure out some way uh, to uh, to make that um, fit in somewhere along the way as well. Oh, mate, we can st- I can still judge your songs. I'm happy to yeah. do that. Yeah, we just don't. We don't even have to record it. I'll just write one and send it to you, and then just you can send text it me, me on back. WhatsApp, and I'll tell you how shit it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I think I need that in my life. Uh, <laughs> so there we go, and we we still like hearing from you as well. So give us a tweet if you disagree with our um, judgy wudginess, and uh, and an email as well. You can email us at Euphoria podcast.gmail.com <laughs> you forgot Lynn. it's been a while and you can tweet us at euphoria cast yeah uh okay isabel so what we're gonna or, do also what, what if people done? if people want to if people want to listen to one of us anyway in a different format oh you're gonna you're gonna are you gonna talk about your podcast now no i wasn't actually i oh. was gonna <laughs> say that i'm becoming very good friends with the the good chaps at bbc3 counties radio station talking about eurovision so potentially just tune into bbc radio three <laughs> counties and you'll hear me there talking um, about eurovision on sometimes. any given or, weekday <laughs> or bbc radio wales they also like me yeah, too. You're yeah doing, yeah you're doing all right with those aren't you you got just doing a the good circuit bit of, a good bit of banter with uh, <laughs> uh with the guys over there yeah no very very nice very good indeed um so this episode, we are going to take a uh, little look at uh, the UK's entry, uh, which we will talk about later. Um, but I just wanted us to do a quick overview update of where Eurovision stands right now. Some of the standout songs and a little bit of uh, news uh, about one of our 
Eurovision favourites as well. So, Isabel, 26 songs as of recording have been released. One of the most recent, which has made it through to the final, is one of yours and mine's favourite, the wonderful Icelandic Daddy Freya with the song Think About Things. Uh, He tried to get in in 2017, sadly did not make it, but has come back with an absolute uh, disco, funky, poppy banger and has made it through uh, with a song about looking forward to your baby being able to talk so you can find out the things that it thinks about, which I think is lovely. It's very, very sweet. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't, do you, have you, have you watched uh, the, mu- it's weirdly, the music video itself um, went a bit viral before it got um, put through to Eurovision and at one point was even tweeted out by Australian uh, gladiator actor Russell Crowe, uh, which was very strange to see those two worlds combine. Um, so he's clearly done very well. Have you seen the music video, Isabel, or the live performance of it? Live? Yeah, I've not seen the music video. Yeah. Oh, it's a good music video. It's uh, it's basically them doing it live, but in front of a very kind of traditionally dressed uh, Icelandic family. Also, uh, have you heard um, current favourite uh, Lithuania with the song The Roop? I was about to mention Lithuania because <laughs> I was about to text our, uh, your friend of mine, Benji Jeffrey. Yes, about Lithuania because Benji texts me very excitedly to see that our good friend from Iceland has, has made it through this year and was very excited about that. But I don't think he has seen Lithuania yet <laughs> and I really, really want him to. Yeah, um, but it is favourite at the moment, which I'm very excited about because quite a few songs this year, as always, have kind of done the thing of following what the winner of the previous year is, which was the kind of Coldplay-type ballad, um, which was very nice, but, um, you know, it's not... You found it very nice. I thought it was dull as dishwater. No, I listened to it again earlier because I thought, you know what, Isabel, you've aged. You've got older, you're wiser. Maybe... Buying a house. Maybe, yeah, you're buying a house now. Maybe, you know... I'm not buying a house, actually. It's a flat. I'm not not that rich and I live in London. <laughs> but I thought, you know, you maybe you've maybe you've progressed, you've evolved, you will understand why this song was so popular. So I listened to it again earlier, and I still think it's rubbish. No, okay, well, fair enough. Well, yeah, which uh, which made me a little bit nervous that it would all be reproduced. But with uh, the Roop from Lithuania and Iceland's "Think About Things," uh, there's I some fun like entries this there, year. Yeah, there are some fun entries, which is very very nice. One thing I am going to point out is, yeah, you know, our big the big five plus the Netherlands. Yeah, oh, are they all putting in boring blokes? All, I know it is all, bo- put all five, six boring blokes. Yeah. Well, not was- necessarily that the songs are all boring, but come on. Like, <laughs> have we yeah. all just forgotten? It's 2020 and everyone's just forgotten to put women forward this year. <laughs> yeah. I will say that actually for in the past Eurovision, you know, it's fair to say have have has been fairly racially undiverse. There is a, a, a decent amount of racial diversity uh, in uh, this year's entries, which is quite nice. It's good to see. 
Good. Well, I'm yeah. glad that we've, we've moved forward with one Outside bit. of the big five, yeah. Just forgetting about women this year, though. No interest in putting women yeah. forward. Yeah. I'm excited about the presenters for this year's yeah. competition, though. I think they've got an interesting mix of presenters for the live shows. And they've also got famous YouTuber, Nikki Tutorials, or Nikki Diego, ah. who's going to be doing that online coverage as well, which is... Oh. Very smart, very savvy, getting a YouTuber to do the digital yeah. side of things, I think is great. Yeah. yeah, Nikki's amazing too. They've got some interesting stuff. Uh, the Eurovision are doing some interesting things because they have also tied up with Netflix in the US uh, to not only um, have they made last year's episode available, they have also made 2020 will be available. I don't think live because Netflix don't do anything live. But also, uh, it makes sense because Where Netflix... can we watch it? Does that mean you can watch it? You can watch last year's Eurovision now on Netflix today? Yep. I can't. <laughs> you can watch it on YouTube. The full thing's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, and I assume you know this, uh, um, it is also, I'm sure, due in part to Netflix have teamed up with Will Ferrell to produce the film... Eurovision, which will be a comedy-esque film where he plays an Icelandic entry into Eurovision. They filmed some stuff at last year's Eurovision, and it will be released in May this year, right around the time of Eurovision. So, doing some savvy stuff there. It makes me nervous. I really, really like Will Ferrell. I know that he... I like. I, I love Will Ferrell, actually, from his SNL days. He is a comedy genius. He is. Mm. And uh, but but they're basically gonna make a they're gonna make a Blades of Glory for Eurovision, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, and basically. The, and, and and a Talladega Nights for Eurovision. Yeah. Like he he takes a thing that people love and then he takes the piss out of it. <laughs> and that's fine if it's something that I don't love. And I don't love ice skating or car racing or news readers. I don't really know. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried that they, they not, that he doesn't understand its beauty enough. Like definitely you can take the piss out of it, but you know what, you know, actually I've thought about this a lot and I'm more than happy for someone to take the piss out of Eurovision with a film. 100% make a movie that tears Eurovision to shreds because it is bonkers and brilliant and weird and wonderful in so many ways. But it should be a best in show, yeah. mockumentary style yeah. comedy. Yeah. Yes. I That's get, I, what it should yeah. be. Listen, I think that. <laughs> listen. The, listen. <laughs> I think that it has a number of things that could help us not be as nervous. So, Will Ferrell's wife is a Swedish woman. Yes. Who has, you know, grown up with all the Melody Festivalen, all the Eurovision stuff, etc. The first time Will Ferrell saw Eurovision was all the way back in 1998, which was when he first got the idea for this movie. So he's not just seeing one, you know, one um, okay. one year of okay. it and kind of gone, oh, let's take the piss out of it. He knows Eurovision quite well. The other thing that kind of makes me feel a little less nervous about it is that he, you know, he has the full support of the Eurovision, the EBU and the Eurovision Song Contest brand. Okay. So, you know, it's called Eurovision. They filmed at the Eurovision Song Contest last year. So I'm sure that they wouldn't 
allow them to do all of that without them being able to look at the script, understand that it's, you know, supportive of the thing. And I do think generally, like, those Talladega Nights and Blades of Glory are kind of, you know, they take the piss out of it a bit, but they're done with love. And I think that hopefully they take the piss out of the right bits that we all laugh at, that we all joke around with. And there's still some sincerity to it. That's what I'm hoping. I just hope it's funny. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm happy for them to, I'm happy for someone to take the piss out of it. I just really want it to be funny. I don't want them to make some crappy Eurovision comedy that's a flop and is embarrassing. And then people go, yeah, because look at how bad Eurovision is. And Eurovision's not bad. It's beautiful. But that's out in May. It's out in May on Netflix. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, soon. Mm. Um, I've got, I've got two more bits of quite s- one small bit of news and then one quite a uh, big bit of news that I would like to to d- us to discuss. Uh, the small bit is something that is fairly insignificant, uh, but I always find entertaining. Is that obviously uh, several months back now uh, they announced the theme of this year's show. Um, one of my favourite recent uh, themes was in 2018. Do you remember what that was, Isabel? All aboard! <laughs> it was, of course, all aboard, um, which was fantastic. This year's one, it makes it sound a little bit like an annual dentist conference. It's open up. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> open up. <laughs> which I guess is, it's always funny because I wonder if it's like a bit lost in translation and it would sound much better in the, the sort of home country's nation. But it's um, the Netherlands, they all speak English. I know, I know. Open but... up makes me... Um, so you, I think you've been very nice saying it sounds like a dentist exam because I think it sounds like... A bit gyne- gynecological. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably agree with you on that one, yes. Um, so anyway, it's an in- interesting one. I guess they're talking about like being open and... Yeah, but it does. It sounds like it's a bit manky. A checkup, uh, and then. Oh, the other... do you want to hear something cute that I found out yesterday that made me laugh a lot? I would love to. So I, I said that I I called something manky yesterday in front of Danny, <laughs> and I, I said because I had you know when you get gook in your eyes. Yeah. And I had some gook in my eyes, and I went, "Oh, I've got manky eyes because I'm a northerner and I say manky a lot." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he went, "Oh, why you have monkey eyes?" <laughs> It's like what monkey eyes? <laughs> what? No, no, Man- oh, monkey. It's monkey a different eyes. word. He has been living in England for thirteen years. He has always mm. thought people were saying it was monkey. Monkey. <laughs> I didn't even. Re- oh, <laughs> um, that's that's Sorry, very sweet. On. I like that. That made me laugh. Um, and then the last bit of news that I have is the very sad, but also you know it's his decision, and so it's fine that this year's Eurovision Song Contest will be the last for Jon Olasand uh, sitting in position of Daddy of Eurovision or Executive Supervisor, um, mm. if you want to give him his proper name. He is um, standing down from being uh, Executive Supervisor um, and is being replaced with. I have to say, you know, if they were looking for someone who was good looking to replace a very good looking executive supervisor, they've gone quite well. Uh, one Martin Ustadal, um, who uh, has been involved with the Eurovision Song Contest. He's worked uh, with Jon Olisand uh, a couple of times on a couple of Eurovision and junior Eurovision shows. My God, he's really hot. He's a good looking guy, isn't he? 
Oh, I mean, I was, I'm, I am sad. Not I was sad John Ola's leaving. I am sad he's leaving. But yeah. they really know how to mend a broken heart, don't they? <laughs> they do, yes. Hi. Yes, you'll be like, by, by, in a few months you'll be like, who, John Ola, who? Sorry. Uh. <laughs> oh, um, well, I just hope he's, um, oh, I don't know. I'm very, I am very sad for you, that John Ola will be leaving us. His little awkward face whenever the camera <laughs> points to him on any of the live shows. It's just a beautiful moment. And maybe, um, yeah, maybe Martin will will be able to... It, he'll have maybe it, he'll have a bit more personality on camera which would yeah. be which would be cute that'd be a cute thing he's an author i feel like he's probably very tv savvy but i'm sad to see yonola go but also martin's hot so that's so, so there we go <laughs> <laughs> well so there we go that is the kind of that's the big eurovisiony updates that that i was hoping we would talk about so um so there we go. So uh, let's get on to the main thing that we want to be doing this episode, Isabel, and that is to be a little bit judgy-wudgy. Uh, we are going to be talking about the UK entry. Uh, Isabel, you've already been on, as you said, a couple of radio stations talking uh, about this. So would you be able to give us a brief explanation as to what was different about the UK selection process this year? I absolutely can in my best BBC radio voice. So, as you are all aware, in previous years, the BBC has left the UK public to decide which song we will enter forward into the Eurovision Song Contest in a competition called Eurovision You Decide. There wasn't much of a decision to be made, though, each year, as we were given, what, five, four, four or five different singers with different songs none of the songs were that different to each other to be honest and a lot of the artists just looked pretty similar as well so then they were normally x x factor contestants who were put onto you decide it's a one night one episode <laughs> tv show so again you don't get much time to think about this either or debate it in any sense whatsoever but this year because largely down to the fact that the UK has done so appallingly bad at the Eurovision Song Contest for a yeah. rather a long time now. There was no televised selection. So instead, the BBC announced last year that they will be par partnering with record label BMG to produce and release the 2020 entry. So on Thursday this week, it was announced who the UK's 2020 Eurovision entry is going to be. There was lots of rumours going online, the Eurofan, Twitterverse, Reddit. Everyone was going a bit crazy it about a it. Lot. Lots of rumours. Most people had actually already worked it out. It was leaked and due to to the um the artist's brother tweeting some or posting on instagram i think it was some not exactly subtle <laughs> comments um about what was coming up that week it was announced on thursday that the uk's 2020 eurovision entry is james newman with the song my last breath so yorkshire bond james is signed to bmg and his brother is the slightly more famous John Newman, who had that song, Love Me Again, that, as you said, Roland, is played at every awards ceremony or walk on to a stage bit of music Everyone. at any conference <laughs> ever. All of them. <laughs> All of the conferences have yeah. that played, yeah. Uh, shall we have a quick listen to uh, James Newman's My Last Breath? Yes. If we were deep 
So yeah, there we go. That was uh, a small part of James Newman's. I say small part. It's a short song, actually. Uh, we can talk more about that later. But weirdly, it's about a two and a half minute song. Um, Why are they not utilising the full three minutes? Well, I wonder. Why are they last thirty seconds? <laughs> because I wonder whether it's a smart move or not. Because you know when they say like you know some of the songs just throw in a key change just to fill out the last thirty seconds, and maybe they decided that rather than fill out the last 30 seconds they just wouldn't have them uh it might it Fair might enough. keep it uh, keep it from feeling too too dull uh so let's talk about the music video to start we off just with watched it yeah so the music video features dutch cold water swimmer Wim hoff as well as mm. a dog and okay. James Newman himself <laughs> walking around a snowy very beautiful forest type scene yeah so a couple of thoughts <laughs> yeah go for it first thought for me genius that they are p- hugely and very obviously pandering to the nordic regions absolutely yeah absolutely pandering and nailing it <laughs> i would say <laughs> very clever trying to get the nordic scandy type-esque votes yeah. which is um, a very good move from bmg very happy with that second uh, thoughts about the video is if you watch it without the music on it looks mad because it is basically a um, a, a older topless man in shorts walking around the woods with a dog and then occasionally (laughs) another chap uh, yeah, James Newman, who, because of the coat that they've put him in with these really long um, belt th- ties that they haven't tied up, he looks like he's walking around in a dressing gown. <laughs> and it's sort of, yeah, if, if you don't have the sound on, it looks like one is chasing the other or following the other. Like maybe tracking him down or, it, yeah, it's strange. One it, it, Vim starts doing the splits at one point. It's an it's an interesting music video. It's sort of there's been more thought put into it than previous years, which oh, I think will probably yeah. be a, a theme of of things that we'll talk about. It sort of looks like an extended version of the little idents that they do at each Eurovision. Yes, you know, yeah, like a little postcard. connected. Yeah, the postcards that they do yeah. that are connected to each nations. For if this was the same, you know, if for example Finland were hosting this year, this would be the postcards that they'd create. Perfect postcards. Love it. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know what I think, though? I think the Wim Hof thing is great. But if we really want to nail our presentation, and the song's the song, but the thing you can play around with still is the staging, we get a big pool of water and we get Wim Hof live on stage and we get him to just sort of swim around in the background as James Newman is singing. They've done it before. They've had ice skaters on. They've had... <laughs> Men in hamster wheels. I say we get Vim Hof to uh, to, to swim around during the during the live show. Yeah, I'm into that. I think that would win it for us. I'd it would do. It, it would get us another. Oh, oh the dog would... on stage. The... <laughs> I mean, it is just a dog. Like it's not like it, the dog doesn't do any swimming. It just sort of sits around. But but um... what if you did get the dog to swim? Put the dog in the pool. <laughs> 
As long as it's safe, I mean... Oh, dogs love to swim. <laughs> but sure, sure. I mean, I don't. I think Wim Hof swimming will probably get us a fair amount more points. Dog, perhaps some dog lovers might vote for us because there's a dog, but it's it's tenuous. But we'll we'll see. I'd, right. I'd vote for any entry that had a dog on <laughs> With stage. With a dog. Yeah. All right, interesting. If anyone's listening who is uh, doing any staging, just... Is there any rules? Is it six, six people? Any rules on amount of dogs? What if it's what if no one's looked into this before? What if it's six people? <laughs> unlimited dogs. Unlimited. You can dogs. have as many dogs as Genius. you want on stage. There was a projection of a wolf once, wasn't there? But not it wasn't good a enough. Real one. Not good not enough. Good I enough. want real wolves. Unlimited dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a nightmare backstage. Whoever's on next is going to have a lot of stepping over. <laughs> stuff to to deal with uh okay should we talk about the actual song isabel um came out there was uh, a it yeah as as you said it was weirdly released on some czechoslovakian uh or czech republic or czechia as they're now called uh internet radio station uh the day before led some people to be a little disappointed maybe um what are your initial thoughts mate i was one of those people that was a little disappointed to start off with Mm. purely because i was expecting more i was expecting something a bit more different than bmg have put forward you know the purpose of bmg getting involved was to you know give this the same production and and songwriting clout as other countries do which 100% this is a better song than we've put forward in recent years it has better production quality it's better songwriting I'm not going to say that it's a bad song it's not a bad song in any sense and the more I listen to it the more of a little earworm it is you know I do get on board with it I do find myself humming it around the flat occasionally but it's still pretty how to write a Eurovision song 101, do you not think? Potentially, it would have done very well at Eurovision five or six years ago. But you look at other entries now, you look at the previous winners, and or even the ones that haven't won, but songs that have done well in the competition. You look at Netta, you look at Fuego, you look at uh, even this year, as we've talked about, Iceland, Lithuania. You look at the types of songs that are getting put forward. And I just think this in comparison you can hear that it's not a winner you can hear that it's not gonna get up in the high high lefts as we always want to be yeah um so i'm a bit disappointed again i i i agree with you It, it does just feel like a better produced uh and slightly better written version of bigger than us Yes. Um, oh my god, it is. You could probably sing the songs in yeah. maybe someone should do a mashup of a them mash-up. because they're pretty similar. Yeah, it it's just like if someone with a bit, you know, better equipment and and a better ability at writing took that song and, and changed it up. Lots of similar kind of like oh wow Coldplay kind of uh you know chanting and stuff like that. Um and his voice is is interesting, not quite as interesting as his brother's. He's kind of straight down the middle. I think the thing that for me made it a little um like you say, you know, getting BMG on board, you're thinking, okay, this is time for a big change, something that sounds really contemporary. And then when the rumors of it either being John or James Newman um started coming out you know they've done quite a lot of interesting music quite lively music James has had less uh songs published but he's worked with 
uh, Armin van Buren and people like that to make some interesting, quite contemporary sounding songs. And so when this song came out and you just felt like they made something that they thought sounded like a Eurovision song and not sounded like the sort of song that James uh, Newman would have traditionally sung, then it was a it was a little disappointing. The president of BMG has uh, been quoted as saying, our aim for this year is to move from the right-hand side of the scoreboard to the left. So clearly being realistic with their aspirations there. What I hope that means is that we have a long-term relationship with BMG because I do actually think that it's the right way forward. Um, I think that maybe their start was slightly... I think maybe it shows that they haven't spent much time thinking about it because they've just gone with a a fairly safe choice. But maybe they'll see if we have a two- to three-year, four-year relationship with them, they'll start putting forward some more interesting um, acts as well. Yeah, I think having the mindset of let's get from the right side of the board to the left side of the board is the right mindset to have. I don't think we need to be aiming for a win. I'm not aiming for a win. You sent me an article the other day, in fact, where the author had said something along the lines of the BBC are under no obligation to win. And they're not. And I think we need to stop being brats about it in this country. Whenever we have the conversation about Eurovision, every time I'm on the radio and talking about it, people always say, but when are we going to win? When are we going to win? When are we going to win Eurovision? Is this going to win Eurovision for us? We don't have to win. I don't care if we win. I'm not fighting for us to win. I just want us to put forward the best song possible for us. And we've not done that in a very, very long time. I still don't think this is the best possible song for us. Because as you said, if they just left James and his brother to put together a song that they think would smash it in the charts and then transferred that to Eurovision... That's a Eurovision song. A Eurovision song doesn't have to be a ballad. It doesn't have to be someone with the oohs and the ahs and the... It doesn't have to sound the way that they've made this song sound fundamentally and the way that they've made a lot of our previous songs sound as well. And I think, I think you know, a lot of people will say, well, look, it's a long process. We have to... We have to change what people, what Eurovision viewers, uh, their perspective of the UK, because, you know, we've entered a lot of shit over the last few years. And I agree, but also we've been saying that since Lucy Jones in 2017, like nearly four years ago now. And, you know, we were all saying then it's going to be a process. In fact, I think, you know, we did that um, recording from the show and we spoke to our friend Matt who said exactly that, said, you know, we need to change the perspective of people in in Europe about us as a Eurovision song entering country. And I thought, fair enough then, but, you know, we're four years down the line now and we're still saying the exact same thing, which is slightly worrying. There's people pointing out a lot of countries who have actually um, done this turnaround really well, one of them being... The Netherlands. The Netherlands, for sure, yeah. Who, about five or six years ago, was, you know, bottom half, bottom quarter of the board every single year, and then just smashed it with a series of four excellent entries, and their fifth, I think, was was the winner. Um, And so you don't have to slowly campaign and build a reputation over the years. You can turn on a dime and suddenly become a huge contender. Mm, And it shows as well that it's... 
well, I hope that it would show in time if we can do this, if we can over the next few years really put forward songs that are good, that are serious competition mm. within this competition rather than just being an entry, any old entry that we've shoved forward, is that it can prove that this is n- not to do with the fact that everyone hates the UK. <laughs> if we put forward serious competition then it should sh- it should show in the in the scoreboards as well i i think it's it, i think a priority is to get artists that are that have integrity as creating their own songs i don't think that the songwriting camps that we do are necessarily helpful i think finding an artist with an individualistic style that doesn't necessarily mean cheesy but someone who stands out as an artist and get them to create their own song to their own sound uh, will do us a hell of a lot of favours in Mm. terms of our authenticity. And also, I think we should give BMG and the BBC full credit this year for the entry that they have put forward because let's not forget that the last time that the public weren't allowed to choose what the song was it was uh 2016 and that song was still in love with you performed by electro velvet potentially the worst song ever made of all time yeah yeah it would that was very bad and i agree and you know i give full props to james newman it's not a light decision to uh, decide to enter eurovision he clearly understands that um, you know, that it is something that we are wanting to change attitudes to both in the UK and across Europe. So respect to him for being involved on that level. I hope that he, you know, gets the support from BMG uh, to promote the song. And mm. I think that he is doing uh, like press uh, tours around Europe, visiting different uh, national broadcasters and doing lots of interviews. So Because it does... that's going to make a big difference in yeah. previous years. We, you know, there has been an aspect of the BBC's hands have been tied in terms of their promotional um, opportunities that they've been able to put the song forward through. You're absolutely right. This partnership with BMG is a really strong thing. Um, the song itself, although you know it's not necessarily the right, the the exact style that we would hope for, it's a it's a big step forward. And maybe you know in future. BBC and BMG remain partners, but still do a you decide thing, but with all the songs being decided by BMG. It doesn't mean that for the next 10 years, the UK public aren't going to be able to vote on what entry they want entered. It just means it will probably be a better selection. And that's all we're asking for. (laughs) A better selection. I'm excited. I'm excited for this year's Eurovision. Although I, I Skyped my parents last night and we were talking about the potential difficulties of me going to see them this year if coronavirus mm. um, starts impacting more flights and more areas, et cetera, et cetera. And my father said something that I had not thought of. And he said, what if they cancel Eurovision? Yes, <laughs> I uh, have also what? been conscious of this. Um, that would be a tragedy. My year would be a write-off. I think I would just, I'd, I don't know what I'd do between now and then just curl up in a ball yeah you? seriously vision hibernate until oh. 2022 so guys everyone who's listening let's not let that happen wash your hands <laughs> wash your hands if cough one thing... into a tissue put the tissue in the bin then wash your hands if yeah. you see someone else coughing tell them to do it in a tissue and throw it away let's save your vision all together now we can save your vision if we just stop being mucky and coughing and sneezing on each other all right 
basically this whole episode has just been one big public service announcement <laughs> to wash your hands everyone uh, it is gross though i mean mm. I, I, honestly i've got i've got really aware of how disgusting everyone is through all of this <laughs> this, this coronavirus journey people are gross well they just sneeze and cough on public transport on your neck <laughs> onto handles that you've then got to hold. I don't, I wear gloves on the tube now. <laughs> so this is not how is I saw... Is that a bit mad? <laughs> this is not how I saw this episode ending, ladies and gentlemen, but I think that is a perfect place to call it a day for a recording. As we said, we will be back uh, in the weeks and months ahead in the build-up to uh, Eurovision 2020. We're hoping it still happens. Uh, and if you would like to reach out to us in the meantime, you absolutely can. You can reach out to us on Twitter. We are on Twitter on at EuphoriaCast. And you can email us, which is EuphoriaPodcast at gmail.com. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you are enjoying Eurovision season yourselves. And we will see you again very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.